You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Hey, how are you? And welcome back to another installment of the Nightcap. We appreciate you choosing to join us to talk some Golden Knights hockey tonight via the CBS Sports Radio 1140 Signal or on the Radio.com app. Uh, my name is Lindsey Brown, your host, always and forever. And tonight, making his triumphant return to the show... Las Vegas Review Journal's Ben Goats. What up? Ben, welcome back. It's been a while. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, it is great to have you back. Paul's been filling in in your stead in your absence, but we, like I said, we are very happy to have you back. And now that the Golden Knights, you know, they were on the streak and then, you know, want want about last night. We're going to get all into uh, last night's loss to the Kings. We're going to talk a little bit about the injuries uh, that are plaguing a lot of the big time NHL. Oh, that was very aggressive. Uh, a lot of the playoff positioned uh, teams in the NHL, especially in the Western Conference. And, you know, there's so much to digest because, A, Ben, you haven't been here in a while. And, B, you know, the Golden Knights have been running really, really hot. And, and, and last night's loss kind of put a damper on that. And I think that there's a little bit more to kind of take away from the loss other than just being like, well, they came out flat. And so we'll get to that in the next segment. But as we always do in this, uh, in the, for, in the opening segment for your nightcap, we're just going to kind of recap what happened in the last week, or at least the last time that we talked with you guys. So as Shane from Milan said, let's get down to business. Uh, your Golden Knights are currently 36, 23 and eight with 80 points in in the Pacific Division. That is first place, 8-2-0 and in the last 10. And uh, obviously, their eight-game winning streak snapped at the hands of the Los Angeles Kings loss last night. But last week, they had a really great game against Edmonton, in which they won 3 to nothing. Ben. And in my opinion, that was Marc-Andre Fleury's strongest performance of the year. But in general, the team defensively, offensively, it just seemed like everybody was clicking and, and moving cohesively. Yeah, just absolutely huge game for the Knights. They're four points clear of Edmonton right now in the standings. Mm-hmm. So obviously that would be two points if they had not won that game. And I really like the way that they attacked Edmonton. They fronted Connor McDavid and Leon, Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, McDavid only got a couple really good looks at five on five. The Knights did a really nice job of making sure that there was a defenseman in front of him skating with him and a forward applying back pressure, basically a forward back checking to make sure that McDavid wasn't given a ton of room to cut, to make moves in the open ice and to find other guys. I thought honestly, they did a really good job on McDavid, especially dry gave him a little bit more trouble, but I think if you're into the Knights, that might be a trade-off you're willing to make, especially when Marc-Andre Fleury was as dialed in as he was that night. I think that blueprint is exactly what they're probably going to try to apply when they visit Edmonton in a couple days here on their upcoming road trip. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting because that game was very much slanted in the Edmonton Oilers' favor through the first period. And and like you said, Marc-Andre Fleury was stellar. He weathered the storm. And, and it has to be so demoralizing for the, the Edmonton Oilers at that point to go into the first in the first intermission after dominating play and finding themselves down one to nothing. And so... Then the Gold Knights woke up and built on top of it and said, hey, we can skate with these speedsters. We Connor McDavid can be, you know, strategized against. We can make sure that Leon Dreisaitl's chances for scoring are limited. And and it, and it showed. I thought that was one of their more, most confident games and one of the most complete 60 minutes that they put together. And then they used that victory to springboard into another one on Friday against the Buffalo Sabres. They won that game 4-2. to two. I was not at that game because I was at a dinner, Ben, but you were there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was another really impressive performance for the Knights, especially because, and I'm sure we'll get to this when we talk about the Kings game, that felt like that was going to be the trap game of this kind of homestand. You beat Edmonton, the team chasing you in the division standings. You have a great performance. And then it would have been really easy for some of the air to let out of the balloon against Buffalo, who's pretty much out of it right now. One player, Jack Eichel. That's what they have. Exactly. Who's phenomenal, by Mm -hmm. the way. But once again, they kind of took that blueprint that they used against McDavid and against Drysaddle, and they used it against Eichel pretty effectively, too. Eichel had a couple dangerous moments. For for the most part, I thought he wasn't the one that hurt them in that game. And, of course, we have to touch on the guy that really helped the Knights in that game was Robin Leonard. His first game in a Golden Knights uniform. Yeah, Golden Knights jersey. The rest of the uniform was Chicago Blackhawks themed. Sure. Close enough. Close enough. It yeah, but it assaulted my eyeballs, so I have to mention well, it. Well, I'm it, sure it the, the NHL clashy. equipment people are really sad for your eyeballs, but... <laughs> Not a great look, Robin. I'm sorry. But it's huge because I, I know that he led up the first shot that he saw, and... and Mark andre Fleury did the same thing last night, and sometimes it's just not all plays are created equal. There's good goals and there's bad goals, but regardless, that's a, a huge mental hurdle as a goaltender and someone who has done that several times over the course of her career of just being like, uh-oh, oh, it's just one for one. All right. And it just kind of it knocks you off kilter a little bit. So for him to uh, have that happen and then and turn in, uh, I think, 30 straight saves. I think that's what you told me last night uh, for a brand new team in a new city and, and, you know, a trade that was not really rumored around the trade deadline, uh, I thought says a lot uh, for for Robin's ability to deal with adversity and to uh, settle in as a very important and contributing member of this team. Yeah, and he's going to get the start tomorrow, and it'll be interesting to see how he kind of builds off that performance. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, once he was locked in, he was pretty well locked in. It's really interesting to watch him and then watch Marc-Andre Fleury because their styles are just so different. What do you see that's different about their styles? Well, so one, obviously, Leonard's two inches taller and 30 pounds heavier just than Mark andre Fleury. Just, just 30, 30 pounds. Just so they 30. just move differently where Fleury is, of course, this acrobatic guy who's going to make every save in a different way, potentially. He's just such a contortionist mm-hmm. in the net where he can twist his body to stop pucks, whereas Robin Leonard's just more of a brick wall that right. can still move, mind you, because I asked, actually, it was a rookie defenseman, Zach Whitecloud. I kind of asked him to compare and contrast their styles after the game. He's like, no, don't make no mistake. Like Leonard can still move. Like he's still 100%. very athletic, but obviously he kind of relies more on that thick frame of his to block shots. Whereas Mark Andre Fleury's kind of slipping and sliding all over the place. Right. Both are effective in their own ways. I mean, they're obviously both had really good careers. Leonard, especially these last two years. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of you know I would say fun that this team has two contrasting goaltenders. Whereas Mark Andre Fleury and Malcolm Subban 
we're pretty much trying to accomplish the same things in net. Malcolm Subban is a tremendously athletic goaltender, can really go from post to post really quickly, just like Flurry can. Right. But, yeah, Leonard just provides that contrast that I think makes viewing a little bit more interesting. Yeah, and I, I actually earlier today, Ben, I don't know if you if you know this, I sat down, I talked with Mike McKenna for about an hour or so, and that podcast can be found in its entirety on the Nightcap feed already. And we talked about the difference between Flurry and Leonard, uh, but we were mostly thinking about the the competitive nature when you have two goalies of that caliber in the same locker room and how that changes and how you you deal with you know that new competitive balance and how that can disrupt a team and how it could help make everyone better. But you're absolutely correct in terms terms of your your analysis of how different they are and and how athletic Mark Andre Fleury and how Mark Andre Fleury is and how far he plays out of his crease whereas Leonard like you said larger frame just as powerful but when you're that big you cannot be caught outside of the top of your crease because you do not have the ability to get back and and cut down angles on rebounds so he Leonard plays much deeper much more of a blockade style and a much more analytical style whereas Flurry and Subban are much more improvisational type goaltenders. They just say, I'm a really good athlete and I'm good at reacting. I'm going to stop the puck. When I'll figure it out when it gets here. Whereas Leonard's like, I'm going to read this play. That means I go here. That means I go here. But they both get the job done and did so in uh, in their respective games last week until uh, last night against the Kings. And we're going to delve really deep into this next segment about that loss. 4-1 uh, to one to the Kings. Just an overall sleepwalking effort. But I think one of the things that is kind of lost in the conversation, at least at our conversations, is that the absence of Mark Stone and how apparent that is through this lineup, not just on his line with Max Pacioretty and, and, and their production-wise, but on special teams. The Golden Knights gave up a couple power play goals last night. They haven't been super great on the penalty kill at home, uh, but they, they were doing better. But to, sh- to see that kind of uh, reversion, or at least hopefully just a one-game reversion back to some of their old habits, uh, you can tell that those minutes and those defensive things and those uh, vibes that Mark Stone gives off when he's present in this lineup, you could tell there was something missing in that team last night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mark Stone is just an all-situations player. Uh, I was actually thinking about this the other day. I mean, he is comparable almost to a guy like Sidney Crosby where he means everything to this team in terms Mm -hmm. of he's a great five-on-five. He makes... The players around him better mm-hmm. at five on five. I mean, Max Pacioretty's numbers without Mark Stone are much worse than when Mark Stone is on his line. Same, I think. That's not just points. This is these are these are advanced analytics, right? Right, absolutely. And then of course he's good on the power play. He's really really good at finding guys. He's got great vision, can pass the puck really well, and mm-hmm. he's got a good shot. I mean, penalty kill. He's really good on the penalty kill too. He and Chandler Stevenson have formed a really good duo when they're out there together. He's worked with other guys too, and then. He means so much to this team just emotionally. He's mm-hmm. obviously wears the A on a sweater. And we all kind of joke about, you know, his celebrations and hashtag expressive Mark Stone. For sure. But that kind of stuff does something for guys on the bench. When you have a guy like that who's just so competitive, wants to win so bad, it can't help but rub off on the guys that are also on the bench. And so while, you know, slow starts are nothing new to the Golden Knights this season, and last night was certainly one of them. You kind of can't help but wonder, okay, if you have a Mark Stone how much on your that, bench. How much does that help your ability right. to come back in those games? Or how much is, even after that first goal, where it looked like a rookie mistake by Zach Whitecloud, where mm-hmm. he took the man behind the net instead of sticking with the guy in front of the net, sure. how much does a Mark Stone to like go on the bench and say, like, hey, guys, stay in the game, knock it off, like let's go. Mm-hmm. 
you know, get one back. And then, of course, you know, the Knights are on the penalty kill. And instead of having a guy like Stone out there for the penalty kill, you have guys that kind of didn't really fight for puck battles. The yep. puck stays in the Golden Knight zone, and the Kings eventually score on a really good Anze Kopitar backhand. But right. you wonder if Mark Stone's out there, if he's, you know, the guy that gets the puck out of the zone. Right. And 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 the thing, the other thing that Mark Stone offers, and, and your, your point out for his emotional importance to this team is spot on, I think. Especially not just when he scores, when his line scores, or if he, if he has like a primary or secondary assist. If you see anybody score on that team other than Mark Stone, Mark Stone is either equally or more happy for that guy. And like you said, it's contagious, that type of, that type of support for your teammates, that type of excitement, and that just incentivizes you to keep pushing, to keep winning those small battles, doing those little things in the zone, not becoming traffic cones on the penalty kill. And when, and you know, you can see it on the scoring plays, but it's, it's shift in and shift out presence because he doesn't let that stuff slide. There's a reason, you know, why he's directing traffic on the power play, like you said, because he can find these lanes and see these things and see the ice differently than a lot of players on this team. And so hopefully it's not too long of term. Hopefully this is a team that can figure things out to uh, produce and to keep the integrity of, of the core and the essence of, of what makes this team good this year. But that's going to be a tall task, but luckily it doesn't have to fall on one guy. It's, it's by committee and uh, it's something that they're definitely going to have to uh, look to get back on the right track tomorrow night against the Devils because last night's game, it was not the best of showings and we're actually going to take a much deeper dive on that game on the other side of the break. Uh, my name is Lindsey Brown. You're host always and forever that's ben goats and this is the nightcap streaming on cbs sports radio 1140 and on the radio.com app Filtered hockey talk for Golden Knights fans. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. And welcome back to the Nightcap. As we kick off our second portion of the show, I would like to remind you that it is super, super easy to listen back to this show, uh, the podcast that I recorded earlier today with Mike McKenna, or any other past uh, content that we've done for the Nightcap. You can find that on the radio.com app and on Apple iTunes. You just have to search the, include the the, spell out the the. It's very easy. Uh, the Nightcap. Hit that purple subscribe button. Leave a, leave a review. Leave a compliment. Uh, a critique, if it's nice. We don't respond to name calling here, Ben, but we do like to get better and provide uh, the information that you guys want to hear about and, and talk about the things that you guys want to talk about that are Golden Knights related. So you can do that and make sure you follow us on social media as well. My uh, username on Twitter is at LindsayBrown35. That's at L-I-N-D-S-E-Y Brown like the color and then the numerical value 35. And Ben Goats is here with me tonight as well. Yo. Ben, what is your Twitter handle? At Ben S. Goats, G-O-T-Z. At. That was so Minnesota. It wasn't even funny. At. Are we going to the homeland? How was the homeland? Is it cold up there? It was still cold when I was there still yeah, winter. last week. Still, still winter, winter. In, in Minnesota. Shocking. I'll go uh, next week, check it out for you, let you know how it's going. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's glad. I'm very glad to have you back, Ben, because I think this is we're about to go into the stretch run of the season. And we've been saying this for days, for weeks, and even the, during the, the time that you were, you were gone. But I want to spend a little bit more time on last night's loss. And I'm not going to be one of those people that says, that's it. Let's just burn it to the ground. Everybody's 
not worth a damn. Like, we're all going to just circle the drain together. And what are we going to do? We're not even going to make the plastic. We're not that dramatic. But I'm also not the type of person that just says, yeah, they laid an egg. Let's move on. And so because I think there are things that we can take away from that game because the Golden Knights, they were going to they're losing their winning streak. It was going to end it. That, that's just it was going to happen. But it was just in the, in the way that they played that game and they approached it and how how just sleepy that team seemed from the first puck drop. It's a little worrisome because we were talking about earlier before the break about how Mark Stone being out and how, how much that impacts this roster. And it was something that was very apparent last night. And we don't know when he's going to come back. Now, this team isn't all Mark Stone, but this team isn't the same team without Mark Stone. And so for me, uh, there are two there are two hockey seasons, Ben. There's regular season and then there's postseason. And you play different styles based off of what season you're in. You know, you're not going to see the five to four big high scoring games and playoffs very often because you're just not having guys take nearly as many chances. They're not nearly as aggressive when they're, you know, trying to pressure the defenseman. If you're playing defense in your zone, you're not going to be hanging around in the neutral zone and and taking bad changes. You're not going to be just uh, trying to fire cross ice passes and hope that nobody gets in their way. But that's kind of what the Golden Knights were trying to do last night and they were looking for the pretty plays for the home run plays and weren't willing to do the dirty work that LA was really taking to them. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I just don't think it was the night's overall best game. I mean, you mentioned it. That was a really, really rough first 10 minutes or so for them. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a shot on goal for about the first four minutes. Uh, Zach Whitecloud kind of lost coverage there in the defensive zone, which Mm -hmm. allowed Anze Kopitar, as we talked about kind of off air, one of like two offensive threats for the Kings. They do not have many right now because they've kind of torn it down to the studs pretty much. But you leave one of their best players of all time wide open with enough time to line up his shot. He's going to score, and right. he did, to open the scoring last night. Then the Knights lose a bunch of puck battles on the penalty kill, as we talked about earlier. That's pretty unacceptable in your own zone to not get that puck out, to let the Kings retain the puck, eventually get a shot on net. Kopitar picks up the rebound, puts it in with a really pretty backhand. You're all of a sudden down to nothing, and then you're just chasing the game. Right. That part of the game, to me, was real rough. And then from there, the Knights... You know, pretty much picked up. They had the puck. I don't think, you know, you can completely just look at the both shot totals and the shot attempt totals and go, oh, well, the Knights like completely outplayed the Kings. Right. I think you can say that to an extent, but also that was always going to be kind of the game the Kings were going to play because they're just right. so lacking in talent right now. Like, we got a two goal lead. Let's go into a shell and let's just hang on for dear life here because that's kind of their only game plan right now. And so overall, the Kings. I thought played to it pretty well. They limited second chance opportunities for the Knights. There was a lot of one and dones right. in the defensive zone for the Kings. And the Knights did create a lot of pressure. They did have a lot of quality scoring chances, but obviously they couldn't finish. Peterson mm-hmm. was really good. And so they kind of have to kick themselves for, you know, a missed opportunity there last night. For sure. And and like you said, it wasn't that they didn't have chances. It's not that they didn't have pressure. I mean, for God's sakes, they outshot the Kings 19 to 1 in the third period. Like you can't you can't have any more dominant of an effort. But because they were down, because they were chasing the entire game and that they didn't even start the game with that edge, the bite that we've seen, you know, that we saw over the the eight-game win streak. And you said and you said in the break as well. Like DeBoer said this morning, they played better last night and lost and that's a better game than some of the games that they won during the streak. Like, it's just that's that's the way the chips fall once in a while. But it, the problem that I have with last night is that lack of edge. And it 
we all know, like I said minutes ago, the streak was going to end. But when it comes to games like this, when it comes to this opponent at this point in the season, and you, and for the season series, they're one and three against the Kings, against the worst team in your division. And I know it's a, it could be just worst an, team in your conference. Right? And I, I get it, but at the, but still. You you've built up this huge cushion, and or at least over this win streak. Just think how much went into that win streak, and how how much or how little cushion they have over the the teams that are chasing them in the Pacific Division. That being the Edmonton Oilers and uh, the uh, the Flames right now. We're just four points. At, we did all we had to beat Washington. We had to beat St. Louis. We had to beat you know Tampa Bay. We had to do all of this, and all it is right now, as it stands, is two games where if they win two and we lose two, we're even. And that's the thing because. They gave up some of that cushion last night. That is some cushion that they need for this month because they only have five more home games. They have, you know, a ton of games in these last 35 days of the season, nine of which of the last 16 are against Pacific Division opponents. And so to give one of a little piece of that cushion to this team at home, you're taking it away from an uh, uh, an away loss at Edmonton, say next week, or or, or another one that's a, lo- a lot more understandable. So that just it puts a little more pressure on a team, and it just seems like with with the with Mark Stone being gone, with a little bit of a shakeup, as 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 big as that win streak is, this whole thing could turn on a dime very quickly. And that's that's what I'm trying to say to, to everyone listening and to the fans is that, yeah, we don't want to just shake the loss off but we, and we don't want to acknowledge it, you know, at nauseum. But this is these are the points. They, those two points that they lost last night count the same as the two points they won over St. Louis or whatever else. And it's I'm just worried that if they have a couple more clunkers like this, that's going to be the difference between getting home ice and being in the wild card or not being in the playoffs at all. Or being in because I don't want this team to have to go through the toughest row that they ha- they can just because they dropped a couple of games. Like if you're gonna make the if you're gonna make the playoffs, let's go for home ice. Why would we want to start in St. Louis, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think what you kind of touched on there is that this becomes you know an issue, especially if they can't rebound from this, if they can't learn from what they did last night. And Pete DeBoer said, hey, we don't just write that off as a mulligan. We do look at the video today mm-hmm. at his press conference and then apply it to the New Jersey Devils. Because a lot of the things that you could get trapped against the Kings with in terms of, hey, they're a team that's at the bottom of their conference. Like mm-hmm. they're so out of the playoffs. They sold a bunch of the trade deadline. A like, weird goaltending situation. And one that's right. getting hot in Mackenzie Blackwood. Absolutely. Mackenzie Blackwood is really good Playing lately. Playing really well. Right. So there, that's a team just like the Kings where you could kind of maybe sleepwalk the first five minutes of the game and think like, all right, we got this. We're at home against a bad team. We'll right. figure it out. Yep. You know, and you can do that against the Kings. And I think, you know, you can give them a mulligan for that. But if you do it again against the Devils, then it's an issue, yeah. as you said, because all of a sudden that's four drop points. And, and that's, we the, saw and that's this. the cushion. That's the difference between being even with Edmonton and being and ha- being four points ahead. Exactly. And we talked about this, you know, in a much earlier homestead where they no-showed against the Kings, and then mm-hmm. they compounded that by losing to the Columbus Blue Jackets and then losing to the Buffalo Sabres and on the Glott road. And was fired. Exactly. And mm-hmm. then you have a coaching change. So these things can escalate pretty quickly if you don't learn from it and turn it around quickly. Now, do I expect them to ultimately turn it around tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils? I do, because I don't think the New Jersey Devils, especially with all the pieces they've lost at the deadline, sure. are that good. Maybe Mackenzie Blackwood is outstanding, and I look dumb tomorrow. But, you know, that's kind of how I feel right now. We'll see. Like you said, the Knights, you know, 
all of a sudden they're going to be on the road a lot, a lot. the rest of the season. Like this, the toughest part of the year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, can be good and bad. It can bond a team together because you're spending so much time together chasing mm-hmm. the postseason, and specifically in terms of the Knights, not necessarily a postseason berth, but your postseason seed. They want their second Pacific Division title in three years. But that is also a layer of extra adversity of like, you know, are you going to get tired chasing around? Not only, you know, going to some easy places to play, but you're going up to Canada twice. Right. The rest of the season, you know, once really soon to play Winnipeg, Edmonton and Calgary, I believe. And then you have to close with teams like Vancouver, I believe Winnipeg again. Yep. Well, that's not easy to do that. So that's why tomorrow becomes very, very important where you have a kind of bottom of its conference team coming to your building and you've got to take advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it's you're a team that's controlling your own destiny right now. You're in the driver's seat, but just because you're, you have that ability, that's, that's an everyday job for you to retain that ability. You have to do it every day. If you, if you take a couple days off, you don't deserve to be, to be in the driver's seat anymore. If do we take breaks when we drive a few people do and we end up and they end up in very bad spots. And so that's, it's the same type of thing, same type of mentality. And so these, these little lapses, these games like this, as as small as they are, they can be telling down the road. And and like if if they don't figure it out, if they don't follow this up with a strong performance against the Devils at home, there are gonna be a lot more questions. There are gonna be a lot more, you know, uh, line, lines to, and angles to take on. Well, are we seeing another turn in this team? Because we've seen them kind of go in cycles. Well, they'll go really well, and then they'll go cold for a bit. They'll go really well, and then they go cold, and then they, we just had our longest warm stretch of the season. So this is where it, the the rubber meets the road of showing all of these other cycles that we've already gone through over the course of the season. We've learned from those, and we, we have learned to snap out of them quicker than what we did earlier in the season. And there's going to be plenty of time to do that against plenty of big-time opponents, but we were talking about Mark Stone. There are a lot of other teams dealing with some big-time injuries to big-time players, and we're going to take a look at that and, and discuss some of those for our Dump and Chase segment on the other side of the break. Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always forever. That's Ben Goats, and this is a Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. <laughs> For a little dump and chase. The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. And welcome back to the Nightcap. It is time for our super special dump and chase segment that usually starts during the 35th minute of the hour because 35 is my hockey number. It's the best number there is. But we usually are a little bit off on the timing because, you know, when one talks, you forget that you're talking. Isn't that weird how that works sometimes? We get on a roll. We do get on a roll. And uh, there are lots of uh, teams on a roll. We were just talking about during the break how many teams are streaking right now. I mean, the Blues have won seven in a row. The Colorado Avalanche have won six in a row. Uh, Philadelphia won six. Pittsburgh has lost six in a row. But a lot of these teams that find themselves in, in playoff positioning right now, or at least in the general vicinity and striking distance, are dealing with some pretty big-time injuries. And a lot of them happen to be in the Western Conference, which is where the Golden Knights reside. And so uh, we were talking a lot about Mark Stone and how important he is to this team. And what I wanted to do is basically, uh, I gathered some of these big-time, uh, big-name injured injured players, and what I'm doing, or what I'm thinking, is saying we could rank their confidence on a uh, your confidence on a scale of one to ten. If the playoffs started today and they didn't have that player, or they didn't have them at their full strength, so they're playing hurt, so and, and just kind of rank and be like, if they don't have this player, how 
how successful do you think this team could be? So let's just start things off here at home. Let's start with Mark Stone. He is listed as week to week with a lower body. He avoided surgery, at least for now. Yep. And uh, I don't know, if, were, there, were there any further updates at practice about him today? No further updates today outside of yesterday. You know, I asked Pete DeBoer whether he'd be back by the end of the regular season. And DeBoer basically said, yeah, we expect him back good, before good. the regular season ends. Absolutely. And and I did, I did forget to mention, Alex Tuck had a medical skate today. So we believe so. We he believe was, so. He was getting uh, a appeared that he was getting ready in the locker room to Got go you. do something. He was getting uh, skate laces out of the kind of equipment drawer Got of you. the Knights locker room. So uh, they're testing. Yeah, I have suspicions that he was uh, on the ice today, but gotcha. of course we're not allowed to watch those. We're not allowed to watch those, and for good reason. You got to make sure that those players are recovered, and regardless, both of those players are important to the team. But Mark Stone is the we were talking. About. He is the straw that stirs the drink, and so for me, my confidence in in, in Vegas, if the playoffs started tomorrow, and he was not there or less than a hundred percent. I would be about a 5 out of 10 in the confidence uh, in the Golden Knights of getting things done or getting through the round or, or advancing. Where would you place your rank? I would be a little bit lower. It would be a 4 out of 10. Really? Yeah, as we talked about, I just think he's so important to the just identity of this team since he arrived at the trade deadline last year. He plays in all situations. He makes everyone around him better. I just think he's so fundamentally important that when you get to, you know, as we talk about, crunch time to winning time that he is at the center of everything that this team needs to do to make a deep run in the postseason kind of the only thing that's you know stopping me from even dropping that lower is that i think there's a decent chance that their kind of road to the postseason you know looks pretty favorable through the first two rounds especially i wouldn't necessarily be uh that uh, worried about any of the other Pacific Division teams the Knights might have to face in the postseason. We mm-hmm. kind of talked about this a little off air, but I don't really I trust Edmonton. I don't trust Vancouver right now. So that kind of at least buoys the 4 out of 10 confidence I have in the Knights is that their road to get to the Western Conference final right might on. be pretty favorable. Yeah, I liken Mark Stone to the immune system, the white blood cell to the overall body of the Golden Knights, if we were going to use that metaphor there to help fix mistakes and can give you a boost when you need it most and when you think all hope is lost. There you go. Lots of immune system jokes today on the show. But I wonder it, what's going on in the I know. World. What could possibly be happening? Okay. Uh, another player that was actually just announced, in the last, I think today actually, today or yesterday, Steven Stamkos, forward, center for the Tampa Bay Lightning, number one overall pick, I believe, in 2008. Uh, but he is a huge point getter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Huge. He had to get surgery six to eight weeks with core surgery. I'm guessing it's a sports hernia. Um, he is going to be missing the rest of the regular season in the first round of the playoffs. And as we know, last season, Tampa Bay turned in one of the best regular season uh, performances we've seen in a long time, but then they were quickly swept and dispatched by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of the playoffs. And so, for me, that's a huge mental hurdle for them that they have to that they have to overcome and have overcome over the course of the regular season as well but it's really not gonna we're not gonna find out until it happens in the playoffs and so but i'm still confident in tampa bay as a team they have so much talent on that team so if the if the playoffs started tomorrow and he was either unavailable completely or only available in a limited capacity i'd still have a seven out of ten for them oh we're on complete opposite ends really i'm at a three out of ten with no you think steven samkos means that much i think he means that much because he is their captain yeah and that he is a guy that's going to keep that ship kind of afloat 
if some of those murky waters start to appear, if they get down 1-0, in a playoff series, and everyone's going to start to come after them and say, is this happening all over again? Do you, are you guys not mentally tough enough to advance in the postseason? And I think not having him around or on the ice to kind of calm guys down when things are getting tense in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem, especially because they're looking at a likely first-round playoff matchup with the Toronto Maple Leafs, who... I don't really want to play them in the playoffs. Right. They have their issues, but man, they've got some firepower. Mm-hmm. And so I think missing your captain and emotional leader against a really good team like the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round could be a huge problem for the Lightning, who will be bombarded with questions before, during, and after their first-round playoff series of, is this going to be like last year? Are you mentally tough enough to get over this hurdle? Right. Well, also them playing Toronto does offer its own favors in itself. You think they'll get a lot of questions? You want to talk about a lot of questions? Oh, boy. Especially uh, if if, uh, they end up facing Toronto and Toronto will be like, yay, it's not Boston. And say they still lose, be like, now what? Not until the second round this time, guys. What? We wrapped up $40 million in four guys and it didn't work out? I am shocked. Yeah, it's uh, maybe I'm a little bit too high on my on my uh, on my confidence in the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they just have so much scoring. But they do. you're, you're absolutely really right. Good. Steven Samkos is the fabric of that team. He's one of the very few players that was on that Stanley Cup uh, losing squad, but they went to the final and and that experience plays. Uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate Steven would miss that much time at this point in the season and a guy that's dealt with big time injuries over the course of his career. And uh, trust me. You think somebody's in must-win. That is that team right now. Right now. All right. uh, Moving on to the Colorado Avalanche. And Miko Rontanen, he is out weeks. And he has been for a couple weeks with an upper body shoulder injury, we think. Uh, And Colorado's, you know, doing pretty good in his absence. And they've dealt with a ton of injuries with that team all season long. But they've won six in a row. They're second place in the Central Division with 85 points. That's five more points than your Golden Knights. And so, for me... While he is probably their best player. Actually, no, it's not. It's Nathan McKinnon. But he's five years from now when Nathan McKinnon's on a little bit of a slide. It's going to be Rontanen. I'm 7 out of 10 in my confidence in this team's ability to advance and help mitigate the the loss of Rontanen if the playoffs started tomorrow or he was uh, in a limited capacity for the team. Yeah, I'm at an 8 out of 10. I think the Avs are going to soar with or without him. I love watching Nathan McKinnon play. He's unbelievable. I think he should be getting more Hart Trophy consideration this year uh, than what he's been getting because everyone's focused on the two guys with the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, if you look... For good reason. Oh, absolutely. They're phenomenal talents. But if you look at how many points Nathan McKinnon has and how many points the second best Colorado Avalanche player has, there is a gap there. And Nathan McKinnon has had that team on his back all year. He's been the constant when guys are going in and out with injuries. He's kept them alive and afloat and chasing the Blues for the Central Division crown. I also love Kale McCarr, their rookie defenseman, who's probably going to win the Calder. Kid's just an incredible talent. And uh, Loki, I know he's hurt right now, but I think Philip Grubauer hasn't actually been that bad for them in net. I think he's a guy that they can feel confident going into a couple playoff series with, so... I really think that Avs team is going to be dangerous. They're going to be so, so tough to beat in the playoffs because they've got forward depth. They've got some top-end skill on their blue line, and I think they've got a decent enough goaltender to go far. Yeah, they're uh, they're a scary squad. And Ooh, my squad when when we were growing up, because the Wild weren't a thing. Like Patrick Wild was God to me, so I was like, Avs! I remember seeing Joe Sackick in the press box at the beginning of the year, and I just like stopped my job. I was like, oh, my God, he's here. It's a legend. And I don't get starstruck very often, but I didn't say anything. Also, shout out to Jared Bednar's uh, camo jacket the yes. other night. 
Oh, it's just beautiful fashion. Right. As uh, Minnesotans, I feel like we can definitely we appreciate that. We do love that. camo. Oh, stick I, that in a deer stand in the fall, it'd be perfect. I hate camouflage clothing, but I, I for the cultural impact, for the social meaning uh, back home, I, I feel you on that. And then... Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, one of those teams that you don't trust in the playoffs. Well, they are dealing with some big-time injuries to pretty much the biggest players they have on that roster. Jacob Markstrom had surgery last week on his lower body, will be reevaluated in a couple of weeks, and then they're also dealing with an injury to Brock Besser. Speaking of Minnesota-born. One of us. One of us. Uh, he is pretty much out the rest of the regular season. I don't know if he's going to be able to make a comeback for the playoffs because he has uh, broken some rib cartilage. And as someone who popped out her rib a few times over the course of her her career, it sucks. It hurts so bad. Can't breathe. He can't move. And uh, he could be done for the rest of the year. But the Jacob Markstrom uh, injury is huge to me. When I was talking with Mike McKenna earlier, we were we could not stop talking about Markstrom and his impact for the Canucks and how much he has taken strides in his career. And and honestly, if 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 he hadn't gotten hurt right now, he would be in the Vesna conversation right now. At least in our opinion. Yeah, he's been really good. He was an all-star. I think he's been phenomenal. He's been great. And so if the playoffs started tomorrow and they didn't have Markstrom or Besser, but mostly Markstrom, uh, three out of ten for me. Yeah, two in, out of ten in for terms yours, of truly. expected success, even if in a limited capacity. It might bump up a little bit for a limited goalie capacity, but nonetheless, I don't think they have a I think they're a year early in general. I think they've surprised a lot of us this year in terms of the steps that they've taken as a team and as an organization. I'm sure JT Miller has a lot to do with that. But when you don't have your starting goalie, I don't care if you have Connor McDavid on your team. I don't care if you have Sidney Crosby. That's going to be a tough putt to to not only jump on a bandwagon with another guy, but for him to shoulder the load and and to deal with that type of playoff pressure. Some guys do it. Some guys are Matt Murray and our rookies and hop right in. Or Cam Ward did the same thing and wins the Conn Smythe in the Cup in 2006. But... I don't think they have that in their stable. I don't think that they have the talent up front, and clearly Brock Besser being out, that's another injury they have to deal with. And Tyler DeFoley's not going to make up for it. I'm sorry. No, absolutely. You're right. I mean, as you mentioned, this is a young team that was kind of already ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be good for them to get into the postseason, get that playoff experience for a guy like Elias Pettersson, mm-hmm. and then Quinn Hughes, two young players who I think are really, really fun to watch and could use playoff experience because I do think that's valuable to young players 100%. to know what it's like to be in a postseason series, to see the same team day after day, and to learn how to win in those situations. But I just don't think they have enough to push forward with the group that they have right now, which, once again, is fine for where they're at right now. Sure. But I just trust a lot of other teams that are kind of in the playoff mix more than them right now because of how hard they've been hit by injuries and just because of how young they are. For sure. And when you're that young, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know that the postseason is just a completely different animal than the regular season. And so I think they're going to take their lumps, and that's fine because they're probably going to come back better next season because of it. For sure. And they might surprise some people. They might win a round or two, and and we've seen that. I mean, the Kings were the eighth seed and end up winning uh, their first Nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. It's hockey. That's why it's fun. It's beautiful. That's why you don't bet on playoffs. So just Best postseason tournament in sports. Correct. And that's why you don't bet on it because nobody knows what's going on. That's what makes it the best. Uh, Yeah, those are definitely a, a just a handful of injuries that are we should keep an eye on for your Golden Knights as they march towards the playoffs. But we do have to take one final intermission before we send you off into the darkness. We'll stuff some oranges in our faces, retape our sticks. But on the other side of the break, we'll look at the docket for your Golden Knights for the next week. My name is Lindsey Brown. That's Ben Goats. And this is The Nightcap, live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app.
with a nightcap. That's a night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio 1140. back to our final segment of the nightcap just like Shakira says you can listen back whenever wherever you are to this episode to the podcast I recorded with Mike McKenna earlier today which is already available in its entirety and to any previous episode of the nightcap you just have to find that on the radio.com app or on iTunes just search out the include the nightcap and subscribe comment rate share all of these things must be done to be in our cool club of awesomeness here and the nightcap that me and Ben goats always inhabit hello Ben hello hello uh, usually when we wrap up the nightcap, we take a little bit of a, lo- a look ahead at the slate of games for your Golden Knights uh, this week. And they have some good opponents. They have some big-time games. And pretty much every game from henceforth is going to be one of those big-time games. But they're going to be playing the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena, wrapping up this homestand. Uh, the Devils are on the struggle bus. They are 26, 27, and 12, 64 points, just 14 points out of wild card position number two in the Eastern Conference. You know, just a little hop, skip, and a jump. But they are 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10, Ben. And, and as we were talking about earlier, Mackenzie Blackwood, their goaltender, has really started to put things together. And, and this team has a ton of young talent. They sent some of the talent out during the trade deadline, but they're a rebuilding team. And, and Jack Hughes is going to make his debut at, at Timo Arena, and the Golden Knights need to get two points out of this game tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to see Jack Hughes and kind of how he's developed. It was a really big struggle for him early on in the season, and I think he's still kind of finding his way mm-hmm. at the NHL level. But between him and Heischer, the Devils have a really good one-two center combo to build around. And if they all of a sudden get Blackwood to keep up this level of performance, they're going to be a team to watch out for because all of a sudden they're going to be really strong down the middle moving forward. Absolutely. They were a dark horse pick for a lot of people, including yours truly. But clearly that did not percolate this season. Yeah, so we're going to miss there for yeah. me too. That's all right. We're, we've, we've won more battles than we've lost. We'll just say that. Uh, the Knights will get a couple of days off and will travel to Winnipeg for their game on Friday. The Winnipeg Jets are 33-28-6, and six, 72 points, have like literally zero defensemen, but somehow still find themselves in the playoff hunt. They're in a three-way tie for wild card position two in the Western Conference with 72 points. They're tied with Nashville and Arizona. They're eight points back from Vegas, four, five, and one in their last 10. Uh, but Connor Hellenbuck, as a goaltender, has been stellar this season for that team, and they are going to be hungry. They are, Like I said, they are right on the edge, so those are going to be two hard-fought points, and you're on the road. I don't believe Winnipeg. we've played in Winnipeg yet They've this not season. played in Winnipeg. They lost in overtime to Winnipeg. That's right, 4-3. to three. Here, And that was against Brossois, so they haven't actually played against Hellebuck yet who is, I mean, right now he's my Vesna pick. I think he's great. For sure. Uh, the Golden Knights also have Calgary on Sunday and then Edmonton on Monday, a full slate of games for your Golden Knights. Uh, nothing but craziness here down the stretch. Thanks to you, to, thanks you, to Mark Vanilla. Thanks to Ben. Thanks to me. Cheers to you. Cheers to us and all will be. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever. This has been the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the radio.com app. Bye. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.